Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. Drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzie Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for an inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on BatteryPower.com, where I've been the deputy site manager since 2018 and a minor league editor since 2015. You can also follow my work uh, or my constant trolling of certain members of Braves Twitter who shall remain nameless at Leprechaun with a K. Joining me as often is my good buddy. You can follow him over on Twitter at BravesMILB, longtime battery power contributor on the minor league side, and uh, very quick computer repairman, Garrett Spain. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, ran into a little bit of a, we're recording a little late because I ran into some uh, technical difficulties, but it looks like we're going going good now. What's up with you? Oh, you know, just another day in paradise, really. You know, where the Braves are, the big league clubs coming off a really good week last week. Uh, I will say that on the minor league side for us, Garrett, it wasn't a particularly banner week uh, for a couple reasons. Primarily was weather. It was just that we had a lot of rain delays. Uh, a lot of games were postponed or, you know, we had some weird doubleheaders going on. And then we had some games just overall just get canceled, which was a bit of a bummer. So it's going to be a little bit of a shorter week, uh, shorter episode this week. But we do have some things to talk about. Uh, primarily, we, we have... We had a call-up that was immediately sent back down in Freddie Tarnock, as well as we have some more Mike Soroka rehab news. So just kind of run us down what's been going on kind of with the guys who have, you know, touched the big leagues a little bit, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, well, Mike Soroka pitched two rehab outings this week. Um, we both went up to Rome for Tuesday's outing, and he was yep. just phenomenal. I mean, he looked fantastic. Definitely was not, you know, he got moved up to AAA very quickly. And he was okay on um, Sunday, but he definitely wasn't missing a ton of bats, uh, especially the second time through the order. You know, and, you know, it's good to see them being confident throwing him out there on, you know, normal rest rather than an extra day rest. So he was able to do that and seem to come through it fairly well. And it's just going to be about for him building up to, you know, he was about 60 pitches on Sunday, building up to being able to get thrown order the second time, things like that. And it's important to remember that his approach right now isn't necessarily go out there and get as many hitters out as you can. It's you know, a lot of it is getting a feel for his pitches and working on those different things. And so we, 
even if he doesn't necessarily have a great outing, you know, statistically, it's not always, you know, he's not coming out there approaching it like it's game seven of the World Series. He's taking it easy at times and trying to get a feel for what he hasn't done in two years in terms of pitching off of a mound like that. And, uh, you know, and so there's going to be some times like it was on Sunday where it's not going to look all that great. He wasn't missing a ton of bats, but overall, you know, a ton of ground balls, um, the velocity, you know, he was touching 94 on Tuesday, which is not as high as he was going, but it's a good start for now. And the slider looked really good. So overall, I like where he is right now. Um, Will he contribute to the major league level this year? I don't really know. It's a little too early to say. We'll have to see a few more starts at AAA before we really get a feel for that. But right now, where he is right now is a, in a really great spot. Um, as for the guys that, well, the guy that is playing at the major leagues right now, Von Grissom, he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, he's exceeded my expectations uh, somehow, and the dude can just hit. He can just flat out hit, and he's very good at that. Freddie Tarnock came out, came up. Um, got one kind of relief appearance in a low leverage situation. He did well. Um, overall, he's been fantastic at AAA this year. He had a really good um, relief outing this week at AAA, of extended relief outing. He went about 87 pitches. And given what he did this time and the way he's looked down the stretch, he might be a guy that they look at in late September as a guy that could get called up. Now, the thing with that is the AAA season runs towards – all the way to the end of September. So, you know, there's only two slots to go up and the triple A season runs all year. So it's kind of a little bit harder to find a spot for him to get an opportunity, but he is a guy that you could see at an opportunity if they feel that they want that guy that can kind of pitch in a couple of roles or if Odorizzi keeps struggling, he may get a look. So he's a guy that could definitely get another look this year. Yeah, the Braves have a lot of guys that have kind of already used up options. So, you know, maybe they'll get a look in September or, you know, especially if Odorizzi's struggling or anyone else gets hurt, things like that. Uh, and yeah, you can put Tarnock right in the group with Muller, with Elder, you know, guys who have already seen time in the big leagues. Like the, he, these guys could very well get called up. I don't know if I put Tarnock at the top of the list. And frankly, I was pretty surprised to see him called up. Uh, I, I know they need the fresh arm. Um you know, situationally, but again, it kind of tells us a little bit kind of what's going on with William Woods, for example, who's a guy we haven't seen pitch in a while. Uh, it's it was a certainly a surprising call up to to make. Uh, again, getting that fresh arm, we totally I totally understand it, but at the same time, it was a little bit surprising to see that it was Tarnock. But it was I'm glad to get to see him make his major league debut, get his first major league strikeout. Uh, Soroka, I think, looked great on Tuesday. Uh, again, you and I were both on hand for that. It was just good to see him more than anything. But you know, the the, the start on Sunday wasn't the best. Uh, I don't think that he was really necessarily had the same bite on his fastball, but again, this is all about building back up, getting back in game shape, getting, you know, getting used to, you know, getting more feel for his pitches, you know, and getting into that, that consistent routine again, because he just hasn't been in that. And I, I, I am very big on, you know, with rehab starts, it's all about getting healthy, staying healthy, you know, working through things and not necessarily trying to, you know, he's not trying to earn a call up necessarily again he's a guy that you know when he's healthy and good to go he's going to get an uh, opportunity in the rotation but it just kind of comes down to whether or not he's completely healthy and ready for that yet and it's you know he's he he does need he clearly needs a few more starts but we'll see as to whether or not he'll be able to get enough starts in time before you know we can start talking about you know whether or not he's going to be in the you know the rotation plans for at least this year uh, i i certainly wouldn't be surprised if they just wait until next year but at the same time you know as good as he can be, I certainly understand the wanting to know where he's at and, you know, 
what he can bring to the big league club before you do that, especially considering that the Braves are really on this hot streak. They're trying to chase down the Mets. And, you know, more importantly, you don't want to re-injure Mike uh, at all whatsoever. Uh, and as for Vaughn, I mean, the, all, the thing that's surprising to me is just that the power is playing as much as it is in the big leagues. The rest of it, I mean, I've ha- I, I said for a long time, and you can attest to the scare, that I've thought that he was a really good fit at second base. I liked his hands. I just, you know, the accuracy of those long throws was a little bit more concerning to me, but he's looked great over there at second. You know, defensively, he's fit right into that club, and he's just been hitting the whole time. And, you know, he hasn't been over – you know, he had – it was funny. He, he has – a matchup against like Jacob deGrom, which is really tough. Uh, and he has, he's seeing all these big time pitchers in big time situations. And he's just not, he's not shying away from that moment whatsoever. So it's been really fun to see him be able to kind of transition this quickly from a guy who started the year at high a uh, gets a cup of coffee in Mississippi. And then it has to be called up, you know, because of injuries. I'm very curious as what the roster situation is going to be uh, a certain, uh, designated hitter uh, being the chief among those roster decisions. Once Ozzy Albies comes back, what do you do? Do you really take a guy like Vaughn who's really bringing a lot of value to your club offensively? You do take him off the roster once Ozzy comes back and send him back down to the minor leagues, or do you do what I think would be the right thing, which is, you know, just send Marcelo Zun on his way uh, as, as unseemly as the, the monetary hit may be. And then you really put the best team on the field as you can, because right now they're operating already operating a man short. And then you're going to really take one really going to replace Vaughn with Ozzy and then just keep Ozuna on the team. I find that to be a little bit suspect in terms of overall, you know, commitment to really put the best team on the field, but that's pretty much all we got for on the major league level. Now it's time to go on to the level by level breakdown that we do each week. Again, this is going to be a bit breezy this week just because we had, you know, some some call-ups, some guys getting start skipped. We also had a bunch of rain that was really messing things up. So Garrett, first and foremost, talk to us a little bit what's going on Gwinnett. Uh, I know it's been kind of a, a, a weird way. Uh, Gwinnett, they actually played really well last night. They went last week, they went five and one, but what, where, where do you think Gwinnett is right now? And you know, who are the guys you're keeping an eye on? Yeah. Offensively with Shoemaker out um, with the turn PCL, we're not going to see him the rest of the season. And really other than that, it's just a bunch of depth guys, unless they, like you said, send Grissom down because that season does wrong, run long. They could do that. Other than that, it's just a bunch, bunch of depth guys. Hernan Perez has been, the best hitter on that team for a few weeks now. Uh, he's been very good. He plays a ton of positions down there. You know, another kind of depth middle infielder type that the Braves have um, compiled. Then, you know, a just depth guy that's had a really good hot streak lately. Uh, the pitching side is definitely the most interesting part. Darius Vines pitched out of the bullpen this week. I'm interested to see because I thought the reason he pitched out of the bullpen was be, was to fit Soroka into the rotation. And of course, with the delays and the rainouts and all of that, it's kind, you know, kind of getting a feel for what that rotation is right now is weird. It's kind of hard to look at it and go, well, he pitched out of the bullpen. That's something to keep an eye on. It, it I don't think it means all that much, but he did come out of the bullpen um, and he pitched really well, three scoreless innings. He's done very well overall for the last couple of months. Um, and so that's going to be interesting to see if he pitches out of the bullpen long term. I really don't think that they're ready to make that decision quite yet, but I do believe he's a rule five guy this winter. So he is a guy that is probably going to get protected or is he? Yeah, he's probably going to get protected. And then you'll just see how it goes from there. Ian Anderson had a start down there. 
five scoreless innings. It was a very weird start for him, kind of a lot like his major league starts, where he walked four guys, struck out seven. That line could have been 10 strikeouts and one walk. It could have been seven walks in that game because he was going to a lot of three, two counts, kind of having trouble putting guys away. The changeup was surprisingly bad. He just had no feel for it. But the curveball was very good. That was definitely the best sign for him. He used it a lot. He used it effectively. Right-handers and left-handers struggle with it. It was as good as I've seen his curveball as a pro. So that was a good sign. That's the best sign that we saw from him. And I'd like to see where that goes forward for him because I think that's important for him to have more of that curveball featured into it. But if the changeup looked as bad as it did uh, on, I believe it was Friday – Changeup looks that bad. It's uh, not very good for Anderson. He threw a couple of really good ones in there, and he threw a bunch that he just threw straight into the ground. It was a very up and down start overall. But you know, it, it's too early to say that he's. It's going to take a minute for progress to come for him, but he really needs to just figure out who he is as a pitcher and how he's going to balance his pitches. Freddie Tarnock, like we said, has been just really the best pitcher in the system for about a month. Uh, 2.08 ERA at Triple A, starting to strike out a lot more batters. He hasn't walked hardly anybody at Triple A, which is a surprise. You know, here you're seeing, you know, early in the year he had those command issues, and right now he seems to be finding his release point better and really commanding all of his pitches. And his changeup has looked a lot better lately. Yeah, Gunnett's definitely going to be a team to keep an eye on as well, because not only we're going to have potential Mike Soroka uh, rehab starts, we're also going to have you know, does Ozzy make his, you know, ret- make his start making his rehab stints relatively soon? Uh, obviously, you're here Andrianza's already kind of been been hunting around. You have Ian Anderson down there trying to figure things out. Overall, it's been kind of a fun a fun time at Squinet, but not for the usual reasons. More for kind of like you know, when are injured guys coming back, and not necessarily for the you know who's the next hot prospect. Although they've certainly prom- promoted some guys from Gwinnett this year. Uh, another guy to keep an eye on as to whether or not they actually gets used on it. What's going on again is William Woods, a guy who I thought was going to be kind of in the mix for a potential relief spot, especially for when they need a fresh arm. Uh, he hasn't pitched in a while, so he's clearly dealing with something. And, you know, whether or not we actually see him kind of make an appearance here or two before too long is going to be kind of important evaluating him going forward, because right now it does feel a little bit like he's made of glass uh, as a result. Uh, Let's bring us to Mississippi here. And, you know, this is a Mississippi team that got ravaged by weather this week. You know, doubleheaders, games getting rained out, a bunch of delays. It was kind of a mess down there in Mississippi. And I feel for the, 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 the grounds crew for the broadcasters, for the players. It is kind of a, a mess, and it kind of screwed up a lot of things rotationally uh, in terms of who got to play and who didn't. And, you know, it, it felt like a lot of these games were a little bit scuffed in a lot of ways. So tell us a little bit what was going on in Mississippi. Yeah, Cody Milligan has been hitting very well down there. He lost a 10-game hitting streak on Sunday, but before that he had hit in 10 straight. And, you know, he's a guy that we've talked about before. We like him a lot. In terms of as a pure hitter, as an approach guy, he's got speed on the bases. I think he's perfect on stolen bases at double A this year. He's a can play very good defense at a lot of positions. I mean, he just moved to center field and already looks to be a very good defender out there. Just a really versatile guy, a nice guy to have in the system. We do question his power. He hasn't really hit for any power lately or all season for that matter. But, you know, as long as he keeps hitting and playing defense, he's definitely a guy that's going to stick around in the system for a very long time because – you know, the organization likes Milligan. We like Milligan. He's a really – he's a fun player to watch, and he's a fun player to have around. Justin Henry Malloy is probably the best prospect on that team. You can debate it with a couple of other guys, but Malloy's probably the best prospect. He hasn't been 
he hasn't had the greatest results of late. He's had a bit of progression in power. Um, some balls aren't falling for him, but overall his peripherals are fine. He's drawing, he's having a few, you know, his walk rates are kind of inflated by like, he's had a few, like three walk, four walk games, but overall a ton of walks, not striking out a ton. That's the main thing you want to see with him. And then hopefully the power starts to come a little bit more for him. It's going to be tough for him. He's fringier on his power. He's not a guy like Harris, Michael Harris, who's just going to hit home runs. It really doesn't kind of matter where he is. Malloy's a guy where his power's a little fringier on that average side, and some a stadium like Trustmark Park can really hurt him. So we're not seeing that from him, but overall the peripherals are fine there. Rodri Munoz, great bounce back start this week. He was very bad in his double-A debut, very good in his uh, second double-A start, first home start. Struck out six guys, only walked two over five and two-thirds innings. I mean, just a really great bounce-back start for him. He's a guy that down the stretch has been very, very good. Another guy that's they're going to look at and need to protect from the Rule 5 this year. I think he will get that protection at this point. Um, and I'm extremely impressed by the amount of progress that he's made this year. And hopefully we see more games like this where he continues to miss bats at the AA level because we've talked about it before. His slider isn't. In terms of the pure metrics and the pure movement of it, isn't the best pitch. It plays very well off of this fastball, and so it's very interesting to see if that continues to succeed at an upper level where hitters are a little bit better at hitting off-speed stuff. If he's going to be able to continue to miss bats with the secondary pitches or if he's going to have to make changes there or even potentially move to the bullpen. The other main prospect for the team, Dylan Dodd, did not have a start this week probably due to the rain could just be they just want to get him a little bit of rest nothing we've heard about really with him he's been very good lately and they just skipped they either skipped a start or it got pushed back so much by rain that they just couldn't make the start for him yeah at some point it's just better just to give a guy a, a you know a bit of a blow instead of you know not you know just like force him into a weird situation where his routine is really kind of scuffed in terms of like you know maybe it's an extra day or whatever he probably threw a bullpen and then you know they're just gonna like hey you know what we're just gonna we're just gonna skip you and then we're gonna take you get back to normal next week so I, again i haven't heard anything uh it's a guy i'm definitely keeping an eye on and suddenly whenever we see a guy get a start skip we always kind of keep an eye out just to make sure same thing with guys out of the lineup you know sometimes they just get days off sometimes they just get their start sipped for a really minor thing but you know it's always worth keeping an eye on overall i'm a big cody milligan fan as well uh you know, again, the power is certainly going to be kind of an issue in terms of his long-term projectability. But, you know, for a guy who played catcher in college, he's a really good center fielder. He's a really good second baseman. He he is I, – I am convinced he is a big leaguer. Now, I don't think necessarily he's going to be an everyday guy. But when you have a guy on your bench that can do all that stuff that he can do and he can just kind of – he can just hit – uh, again, the power is a bit of a, a bit of a concern, but overall, you know, he's, I'm a big Cody Milligan fan. He does a lot of good things on a baseball field, uh, and I was glad to see Broderick bounce back. You know, he he's a guy that we've been kind of watching we, ever since really last year when he had a bit of a coming out early early on in the season. Struggled kind of, you know, towards the end of it, uh, dealing with injuries and also just, you know, not being able to, you know, really have that same level of dominance. But that's a live fastball. Uh, I think the breaking ball is better than it. A lot of the metrics give it credit for, you know, just it's, it seems deceptive and it seems like where it gets its movement uh, on its way to the plate is, you know, is does a lot of good for him. So overall, I'm, I'm, I'm again, the specific team's a lot a fun one. and It was a bit, pretty big bummer to see all the rain kind of cause all the havoc that it did. Before we get into Rome and the rest of the, you know, the, the young folks, I guess we'll call them. We're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. 
but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Garrett, it's time to talk about the Rome Braves, which we visited recently, uh, as well as uh, Augusta and the rest of the way. So talk a little bit about Rome and kind of see and let us know what you were seeing. Yeah, the team has been somewhat emptied out by promotions, but they have gotten up Brandon Mesquita and um, Gerardo Quintero lately. Wow, that name suddenly skipped out of my head. But that's a, those are the two main prospects. That, yeah, those are the two main prospects they've gotten up lately. Brandon Mosquito did very, very well after his promotion. He was struggling down there at low A for a while, and so was Quintero. And, you know, we came up and started hitting again. A lot of time for guys, you know, they stick in the level for a while, and they kind of, their numbers start to fall off, and that promotion kind of boosts them a little bit, and they go up. We've seen this before with a guy. That promotion kind of spurs them, and they start competing a little bit better again. And so it's good to see him hitting. He's a guy that we really like his bat a lot, and, Seeing him start to hit again is a good sign. He's a guy that's really struggled with the injuries lately, so being back on the field consistently helps him a lot. Uh, I love Mesquita. Everybody kind of knows that that's my guy, and I'm happy to see him hitting. Uh, Cal Conley, guy. yeah, Cal Conley has been was off to a hot start at Rome. He has cooled off lately. We watched him at Rome on Tuesday, and I made the comment that he's he's struggling with those kind of back foot breaking balls, anything down, and it seems like he's back into one of those phases where. He's trying to do a little bit too much at the plate. He's swinging over balls, trying to just turn on it and hit it for power. And, you know, that's something we've seen from him this year. Well, he'll go through streaks where he does really, really well. And then his approach will kind of regress to where he's just trying to turn and just crush everything. And he'll start to strike out a lot. And we're seeing that a little bit with him now where he just kind of has to get back into focus on hitting line drives, hitting gaps. And he has enough power that. If he does that, he will run into some home runs. He's not going to be a you know a 20, 25 home run guy, but he's going to hit enough that you know you can see him as you know maybe a low end starter type at up the middle. He's a guy that does everything fairly decently. It's just that approach kind of comes and goes for him. Uh, the pitching side, Roy Bersalinas is the top prospect on the team. He pitched five scoreless innings. He's been scuffling a bit lately, so it's good to see him have a game where his command was working for him. That was the main. That's the been the main thing for him is that. His command has been very spotty of late. 
he had a good game, only walked one guy over five innings, didn't allow any runs. And so that's a good sign from him. Yep. Uh, again, we were out there on Tuesday at, to see Rome and to see Mike Soroka make his rehab appearance. He was obviously very good in that appearance, uh, kind of blowing those poor high A hitters away. Uh, Roy Bersalinas having a good start is certainly promising. I still maintain that he's going to end up being a reliever, but, you know, it's nice to see him kind of at least, you know, down, you know, down the stretch here, at least continuing to have some starts that are particularly promising. Uh, this is a team that's offensively it's a little bit of a weird spot right now. As you mentioned, there's a lot of promotions that have kind of pillaged it in a lot of ways, but getting Brendel Mesquita and Ronaldo Quintero up there, just kind of see what they can do against some more advanced pitching, you know, Towards the end of the season, it's almost hard to call that much more advanced pitching just because of kind of the nature of how promotions work. Uh, you know, the, the the guys that you would really want to see them against have already been promoted from high A, for example. But overall, it's just nice to see them. Unfortunately, you know, this is another team that got really ravaged by rain. Uh, they, they, they had a lot of fits in terms of having to, you know, like really like late minute, last minute, you know, like having to get rained out planning doubleheaders and then having to cancel one of the games and just do a one nine inning game and things like that. They had a lot of weird stuff going on there at Rome. So, you know, for guys having a particularly weird week, the schedule's all messed up. I'm not necessarily going to hold them against them too much this week. Uh, now it brings us to Augusta. Uh, Augusta is a bit of a, again, uh, still remain, remains a weird team. It's been fun seeing all the new 2022 draftees uh, doing well. Uh, some of them have been kind of more hit and miss, but others have been performing pretty well. So tell us a little bit what's been going on with our with the Green Jackets before we ended up with the the rookie ball guys. Yeah, so the guy that's been the best hitter for them for a while now is Steven Paolini. He had a rough week. He only had one hit last week. It's just, you know, one of those weeks you just – nothing really fell for him. You know, his strikeouts ticked back up where they were kind of down for a while, and it just – nothing really worked for him. It's a rough week against a very good Charleston team for what it's worth, and we'll kind of see if he can put that in the past and get back to where he was before. Um there are a couple of guys that are having really good outings. Um, Cade Morton has been hot. He had a couple of home runs in his last two games this week. Uh, kind of on a short little hitting streak. He went a while without hits after he was hot for a while. Then, you know, he went like five games without getting any hits, and now he's hot again. So it's kind of been an off, on-again, off-again thing. He's a very streaky player. At least he has tended to be this year. Uh, a lot of that tends to be... You know, his swing's got a bit of a weird timing hitch, and so he can kind of go through stretches where he strikes out a lot. But he's been very good. He looked very good this week. A great athlete, a guy that we we love the talent there. And he's done a lot better the last couple of months in terms of hitting consistently. And I think that he's a guy that's put himself into the conversation of being a legitimate prospect and a guy that could sneak on the top 30 list. Kevin Kilpatrick, the 17th round pick this year, has got called up to low A. He was in the um, Florida Complex League for a while, but he hit very well there at the end, got called up to Augusta, and has not stopped hitting since. Just a guy that's continued to hit. I think we like the athleticism there with him. We see. I've personally seen some things that I like about the swing, and you know, I think there's zones that he's going to struggle with, but so far he's hit very well, and he's a guy that I think you can build with in terms of he has a very good base and a guy that you can build on, and he's he was a Juco player. So he's going to be a younger player that's hitting very well. Justin Janis is a guy that's just hit nonstop. Uh, we expected that not a ton of power hitting nonstop. That's was the book on him. And he's continued to do that. That's a major college guy. So you expect that he's going to come up to low A and continue to hit. That's not a surprise there. David McCabe um, is a guy that I thought, I think we thought was going to be, well, I think we still think he is the top prospect hitting wise from this draft, but he struck out a bit at 
low A so yeah, far. You yeah, get to draft. You know, yeah, it was a rough season. Ritter was a rough week. You don't want to read too much into guys struggling or doing particularly well in their draft year. It's just that schedule and playing longer than they're used to. It's always very weird. He struck out quite a bit lately, but I'm not concerned about him. But it's definitely notable that he struck out quite a bit. The pitching staff, A.J. Smith-Shelver has not pitched in a while. He left a game a couple of weeks ago with an injury. It appeared to be a lower body injury, but we don't really know exactly what it is with him. He has not appeared since, so we're not sure what's going on there. And other than that, there's not a whole lot in that pitching staff. Ian Mejia from the 11th round has been okay he hasn't been great again another guy that's kind of struggled in his draft year and we'll see where that goes Roldy Munoz though uh Rodri's twin brother he struggled some this year but his last outing he struck out five guys in two innings um that's as I mean that's fantastic for him he's a guy his strikeout rates all season have been very high his walk rates have been high but not horrible in terms of it's it's 22 and 50 innings which is not great but it's not like he's walking the entire world out there you know he's just gotten hit hard it's more of a it's more of he misses over the zone he gets hit hard his fastball isn't quite as live as uh his as Rodri's is and it can get hit a bit more but overall I mean he is he is a legitimate re- relief prospect as legitimate as a relief prospect can be and it was good to see him have a good outing on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cade Morton is one of those frustrating guys that you see all this athleticism and you see just how good of a defender he is too. He has a really strong arm out there in outfield. He makes really just like just really good plays constantly. Uh, and then you'll see like him when he makes a turn, when he turns things around at the plate and he looks not just like, Oh wow. He's starting to figure out. It looks like the switch went on and you know, he's like raking and then the next week he just doesn't do anything. He's a, he's for me, he's very frustrating in that regards that, you know, you can see the talent there and it's just, he has not been able to put it together on a, on a regular basis, but it was nice to have, see him have a really good week. I'd really love to see him kind of finish out the rest of this, this season, just really strong because he's a guy that, you know, again, in terms of like pure athleticism and, you know, just kind of just raw talent that he could be really, really fun as a prospect, but Right now, just feels like he's much more of a, pro- a project, and he could be a ways away. All right, Garrett, this brings us to the end with the Florida Complex League boys and the Dominican Summer League kids. So tell us a little bit what's going on before we wrap this thing up. Yeah, the hitting down at the rookie ball levels this week was rough. Uh, the top prospects at the Florida Complex League, Ignacio Alvarez and Ambrose Torveras, they struggled. Down in the Dominican Summer League, uh, Diego Benitez and Douglas Glode both struggled. So eh, not the best there hitting wise, you know, had a couple guys that did fairly well. Jair Casanova had a decent week at the plate. He's been fairly solid all year and he's a guy that we kind of have our eye on. The biggest news is definitely on the pitching side. All of the younger pitchers there pitched quite a bit. Owen Murphy had three scoreless innings. That's the first round pick for the Braves this year. He's had five scoreless innings, seven strikeouts, no walks as a professional so far. Those high end high school guys tend to dominate the Florida complex league. It's not a surprise. We've seen it pretty much with every top draft pick the Braves have had. Um, it's good to see him in there playing games, doing very well, but it's not a, you know, him doing well isn't like, oh, the Braves, you know, you move him up list because he's doing well or anything like that. It's just that's kind of a lot of times what you expect with the top high school guys. Uh, J.R. Ritchie did the same, two and a third scoreless innings, three strikeouts. He walked a guy, his first walk as a professional, but 
yeah, you're not going to really complain. He's about allowed that. to have one. Yeah, yeah. He'll have one. you're allowed to have one. Four and a third overall, one walk, and I believe five strikeouts is his total line this year. He's done very well. That sounds right. Seth Keller had a very bad debut a couple weeks ago. He had two scholar sendings this time to uh, round back to uh, form a little bit, so that's good for him. Not a lot of strikeouts, only one strikeout over his two innings, only one strikeout so far it, through two outings. Uh, he did walk another guy this time. He had walked four in his previous outings, so he's definitely – he's a guy that's behind Murphy and Richie, and so seeing him struggle a little bit isn't entirely – a surprise he was a guy that really didn't start a ton until he was a senior and so he's going to take a little bit more time than those guys but it's good to see him have a bounce back outing Cedric Jager and Prey had two scoreless innings he has not allowed a run as a professional so far uh you know a guy coming from major Juco out of Canada well the Juco he's out of Canada the Juco was in Florida and just a he's a decent prospect out of the late rounds and a guy that's done very well so far as a professional and a guy that I don't know if he'll make it to full season ball next year, but he is a guy that we're keeping a very close eye on because I do think that we'd like the stuff overall, even if we're not entirely sure of where he's kind of fits as a prospect yet. Yeah, we're definitely not there quite yet with him. I would not be shocked if he ends up on Augusta to start the year, though. He's just kind of, as a Juco guy, I think that, you know, the age profile, I don't think there's that Augusta team is necessarily going to be so chock full of prospects that they wouldn't be able to find a spot for him. There's certainly a lot of pitching prospects that we think are going to be there uh, with Murphy, Richie, Keller. I'm not really sure what the plan is going to be with Meyer uh, as an older as an older prospect, as a college guy. Uh, and then there's also kind of, you know, the the Burke Holder, you know, what what are they going to do with him? What's his what's the plan for him uh, going forward as well? I was I was frankly surprised we haven't seen kind of more out of him uh, this year. But nothing worth worth kids worrying about too much at the moment. This is about getting these guys some experience as pros, getting them into a throwing program uh, where they can have some real professional training and all that stuff. So it's just nice to and again. I'm particularly happy for Keller coming off a pretty rough debut. You know, being able to throw two scores innings that's actually an arm that I like a lot. Not necessarily as uh, maybe as high end as as Murphy or Richie, especially in terms of their overall ceiling, but a guy who I think, you know, can really pitch and didn't really should get to show what he's capable of as a debut. So it's nice to see him pitch. Well, well guys, that's pretty much all the time we have for this week. Obviously this is a little bit more of a breezy episode uh, with a lot of games being canceled, a lot of other things going on. You know, we're not necessarily, we weren't going to be digging in for an hour this evening, but thank you all so much for the support on the podcast of late. If you don't want to miss a single episode of the, the road to Atlanta podcast, make sure you subscribe to the battery power podcast feed. Uh, you search battery power now and you subscribe to that feed. Not only to get this podcast, you get the Battery Power flagship show hosted by the great Brad Rowland, occasionally co-hosted by myself or Scott Coleman. You get the Daily Hammer, which is kind of your nightly, you know, get caught back up on what happened in last night's game podcast hosted by the great Sean Coleman. And then you also get the still unnamed, uh, as much as I've requested it, uh, show that is kind of our deep dive into individual topics podcast, which is hosted by our fearless leader, Chris Willis, as well as Stephen Tolbert, who's both that, that show's been a great addition to the podcast feed of late. And we've been having a lot of fun having it in the feed. Thank you all so much for the, the support for the site for the podcast the minor league season is winding down we're in the kind of final month of games now and it's going to be a fun time to kind of you know see how all these guys end up the season but until next time we'll see you on the road <laughs>